you're thankful, you're blessed. If you're thankful, you're blessed. Come on, can you praise him right now? If you're thankful that you're blessed, come on, has he blessed you? Has he been good to you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm blessed this morning. And I don't, I don't just mean in a material sense, although God does bless us with material things as we need them. And sometimes even if we don't need them, just because He loves us, He blesses us with material things. But I'm thankful that the ultimate blessing that I have are things that, that, that are not tangible to, to, to the human eye or, or to the human ear, but the things that I am blessed with, there are spiritual blessings. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with the virtues that Christ gives me. I'm blessed with the gifts of the Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed by the love of God. I'm blessed by the blood of Jesus. I'm blessed by the mercy, the forgiveness, the grace, and the love. I'm, I'm blessed that I can have my sanity in an insane world. I'm, I'm blessed that I can know truth. I'm blessed, hallelujah, that I can forgive my enemies and, and love my neighbor. I am blessed by the Lord. If you're thankful for all of these blessings and so much more, one more time, put your hands together to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And one part of the scripture, at least when in the section we call the Beatitudes, where Jesus is saying, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit. That word blessed is makarios in the Greek. And another way of translating that is happy are thee or fortunate are thee. So sometimes we think if, we go, if we're meek, then we'll get an extra blessing, maybe an extra deposit in our bank account. If we're poor in spirit, maybe someone will give us a Corvette the next day. And hey, that's entirely possible. But what the scripture is actually saying is the blessing is the meekness itself. Fortunate are those who are poor in spirit. Fortunate are those who hunger and thirst. Fortunate, happy are those who are meek. The very blessing is in those spiritual virtues that God gives. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. All of that's for free. None of that's in my message. But as you were singing that song, I just thought, I am so thankful that I am blessed. I am so fortunate, amen, to be here this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Well, let's turn to the word of the Lord. We're going to read from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts 2, 1 through 4, and then Acts 2, 14 through 18. And then Acts 21, excuse me, Acts 2, 21. And then Acts 2, 37 through 39. So we're staying in the book of Acts chapter 2. Again, reading verses 1 through 4, verses 14 through 18. Verse 21 and verses 37 through 39. Amen. Just so we can get a whole picture of this. Uh, but also for the sake of time, that's why we're skipping through and not reading every verse in the book of Acts chapter 2, because I want to be mindful of your knees. I know you've been standing for a while, but we're going to read this together in just a moment. While you're turning there, while the media team is preparing, just want to say again how honored my wife and I are to be here. It's been a wonderful time being here with you, and we look forward to what God's going to do today. If you need the Holy Ghost, amen, God wants to give it to you today. I believe that. If you're somebody that's been seeking the Holy Ghost, I believe today is your day. I really do believe that, and um, give honor to the hoods, give honor to all these, all the great saints of this church, those that are visiting, amen, give honor to them as well. Um, also, I've been told that um, there's a, 
small child, a small baby in the back that I'm told is a miracle. And I don't know this family, I don't know the baby, but I want you to know my wife and I rejoice with you. And um, we can't wait to hear the full testimony. We know that child's testimony is going to be powerful. It's going to impact a lot of people's lives. So God bless you. We rejoice with you. If you need evidence of a miracle, look no further. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2, beginning verses 1 through 4. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. That just means that they each had the same experience. The Bible continues, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Skipping ahead to verse 14. Now Peter is standing up to preach a sermon because when you have 120 people speaking in tongues, it's going to draw a crowd. Uh, and there's a lot of people confused about what's going on. So now Peter started to make a defense of what was happening and preach the first Pentecostal sermon. It says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. It's only 9 a.m. We're not drunk on wine. We're not drunk like you think we are. He says, But this... What you're seeing and hearing, this speaking in tongues business, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And what did Joel say? Here it is. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Someone say all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Verse 21 skipping ahead another part of Peter's sermon and he said and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved are you thankful that if you need salvation you can ask the Lord for it and he'll pour it out on you amen skipping ahead finally to Acts 2 37 through 39 familiar passage of scripture but so important the Bible says now when they heard this when they heard all of Peter's powerful sermon they were pricked and their heart, another translation says that they had acute emotional distress. They were very convicted over what they heard. And so they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? How can we escape this guilt that you have uh, shown us that we are under? And Peter gave them the answer, the salvation message. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the removal of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. I'm thankful that's a promise that's for everyone here in this building, watching online, everybody in the state of Nevada and across our world. And that's what I want to talk to us about today with the help of the Holy Ghost. My message is simply entitled, It's Time for an Outpouring. It's time for an outpouring. Amen. If you believe that, if that resonates with you, would you put down your Bibles, clap your hands, lift your hands, whatever you feel, and let's let God know that he's welcome. 
Come on, let, let's pray that prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Carson City as it is in heaven, at Apostolic Revival Center as it is in heaven, in my heart, in my mind as it is in heaven. If you're someone that needs the Holy Ghost, begin lifting yourself to God now. Begin giving your sins to Him now. Hallelujah. If you're someone that needs freedom from depression, freedom from pain, begin lifting those needs to God now, and He will fill you with what you need in Jesus' name name I pray. In Jesus name I believe. Hallelujah. If you feel faith in this house, clap your hands together to Jesus one more time before you're seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. One man said this. He said, it is no use saying that if there is a God who is absolute goodness, that you do not like him, and you're not going to bother about him. For the trouble is that one part of you is on his side, and really you agree with his disapproval of human greed, trickery, and exploitation. Now you may want him to make an exception in your own case, to let you off this one time, but you know inside that unless God really and unalterably hates that sort of sinful behavior, then he cannot be good. On the other hand, we know that if there does exist an absolute goodness, a perfect good God, that this God must hate most of what humans do. And this is the terrible fix that we're in. If the universe is not governed by an absolute goodness, then all of our efforts are in the long run hopeless. But if the universe is governed by an absolute goodness, then we are making ourselves enemies to that goodness every day. And we are not in the least likely to do any better tomorrow, and so our case is hopeless again. It's like we cannot do without it, and we cannot do with it. God is the only comfort, yet he is also the supreme terror, the thing we most need, and yet the thing we most want to hide from. He is our only possible ally, and yet because of our sin, we have made ourselves his enemies. And God is either the great safety or the great danger according to the way you react to him. And humanity has reacted the wrong way. Herein lies the dilemma of human existence. This is the great fix that we are in. There had to be an answer to this dilemma of how to be reconciled to this great goodness when we ourselves are so flawed. There had to be some type of remedy, some type of mediator to stand in the gap that sin placed between us and God. And Paul talked about this remedy in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And I'm going to paraphrase it and read it to you. He basically said this. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Here it is. Here's the remedy right here. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. I'm here to tell somebody, young or old, that the answer to our dilemma is still the gospel message of Jesus Christ, which is without question the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The answer to this dilemma and all of our dilemmas is still the sacrificial 
incredible purchase that God made 2,000 years ago on Calvary to purchase our salvation. If you're thankful for the gospel of Jesus, why don't you praise him right now? Jesus, hallelujah, for those that don't quite remember or don't know how the story goes, hallelujah, we know that there was a young woman named Mary that was overshadowed by God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and caused her to be pregnant with child, and we know this was not an ordinary child since the father was not Joseph in an earthly sense, but the father was, of course, the Holy Ghost, the father was God, and Mary gave birth to this child, and this was prophesied about all throughout the Old Testament, amen. And in the book of Matthew, chapter 1 and verse 21, the scripture says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Amen. So God literally uh, came into the world. He birthed himself in flesh into a manger. Amen. That fateful day. And he, he, he had to be raised. He was a child. He was a baby. He was raised by Mary and Joseph. And, and, and he ate, and he, he hungered, and, and he slept just like you and I. He was 100% man and he was 100% God. Amen. The Bible says that God was in the world reconciling the world unto himself. That's what Jesus was doing. He was and is God in flesh. Amen. And so we know that he lived on this earth and, and he had to do all the normal earthly things that we do and he lived approximately 33 years on this earth and around the age 30 he really began uh, the, the main context, the main core of what he had been, uh, what he had come to do and so he began his earthly ministry and he began healing the blind he began healing the sick amen he began now forgiving people of their sins something that only God can do amen he began forgiving prostitutes and he began forgiving terrorists and he began forgiving adulterers and adulteresses amen he began uh, to perform all kinds of miracles and turn water into wine and control the elements hallelujah and he got a band of followers that gave up everything to follow him and learn of him. He taught people the most profound lessons in human history. I mean, uh, you, you read the Gospels, what he did and said was incredible, amen. And then came the time for, for this man, this God-man, God in flesh, to fulfill the ultimate sacrifice that he had planned to do. He was foreordained before the foundations of the world, amen. It was always planned that God would send himself to die on a cross for the sins of humanity. Amen. So they put a crown of thorns on his head. They thrust a spear through his side. They spit at him. They mocked him. They accused him and they beat him and he took it for you and he took it for me. He took all the sins of humanity upon himself even though he did not have to. He took your sin. He took my sin. He purchased the price for it on Calvary. But I'm happy to tell you that he did not stay there on the cross. Can I just preach the gospel to somebody this morning? He did not stay on that cross. He could have called legions of angels to rescue him off that cross. But instead, he hung there. The flesh died. He gave up the ghost. He died for you and I. And when all of his disciples thought it was hopeless, when all the people that were watching thought it was hopeless, while his friends and family were crying, and while the devil and the spirits of hell were rejoicing, amen, about three 
three days later, they discovered that he was not dead, but he had risen again from the tomb. He had conquered death, hell, and the grave in one act of sacrifice for the world. Hallelujah. And thankfully, the story does not end there. Because if I were to preach to you the death, burial, and resurrection, you would say, that's wonderful. That's a great story. But how do I apply it to my life? How do I apply the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to my life? How do I spiritually undergo the same process? Well, I'm happy to tell you that the story continued. Amen. And Jesus gave a bunch of instructions to his disciples before he ascended back into heaven. And he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost. And he told Peter, amen, I got some keys in my pocket, ironically. He told Peter, he said, I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Amen. He did not mean literal keys like this. He meant a spiritual key, a message that if people would obey it, they would be allowed to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And so he said, Peter, you have the keys to the kingdom, and you're going to preach the message, and if people obey it, that's what's going to allow them to come into heaven. And Peter didn't fully understand it, but he was obedient. He went to Jerusalem with a bunch of other disciples. James was there, and John was there, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. She had to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues like everyone else. And they fasted. They prayed. They tarried for seven to ten days in an upper room. They did not know what to expect. They did not know what was going to happen. But they waited and prayed in obedience. And in seven to ten days, amen, something like a rushing mighty wind filled that room while they were praying. The Holy Ghost descended on them. And they knew they were filled because they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden it made sense. And that's what empowered Peter to preach that first Pentecostal message. And what he was doing, he was offering the key of salvation to all who listened. And 3,000 people obeyed the gospel that day. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all their sins. Just like Peter said to do in the book of Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. Can I just preach the gospel? Can I just preach about Pentecost to you today? Hallelujah. On that day of Pentecost, the church was born. And here we are 2,000 years later, still a part of the same church, amen, that Jesus bought with his own blood. Still a part of the same church that Peter and James and John and Paul and Silas were a part of. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for the gospel today. I believe there's power in declaring the gospel, declaring the name of Jesus, declaring the power of Pentecost. I believe that power is going to usher into this room today, not because I'm here, not because you're here, but because Jesus Christ is here, and wherever his name and wherever his gospel is preached, he will be there to perform miracles. Ever since that day in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, God has been pouring out the answer for all of humanity. Pentecost triggered the beginning of the ending. Once the Spirit was poured out, the clock started ticking. That's why the prophecy said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit. Well, that was 2,000 years ago, yes. But when that happened, a new age was ushered in. And the beginning of the end was ushered in, and the clock started ticking. 
Here we are 2,000 years later. That lets me know that we are closer to the end, of course, naturally, than we have ever been before. We are living in the last of the last of the last days. Things are beginning to wrap up. When you look at what's happening in the hearts of men and the hearts of women around this nation, when you look at the deception, when you look at the global interconnectedness, amen, when you look at everything that's happening in the world and then you read what the Bible says about the end times, it's becoming very, very easy to see how all of it could take place, amen, not 50 years from now, not 40 years from now, but even one year from now, it's easy to see how God could wrap it all up and put a bow on it, hallelujah, we are closer to the end of days, the end of time than we have ever been before, so I'm here to tell you because of that, I know, you know what time it is, I know it's the end times, but you know what time it is, it's also time for an outpouring of God's spirit, it is time for an outpouring outpouring of God's power, an outpouring of signs and wonders, an outpouring of miracles, an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like we have never seen before. It's not time to stress. It's not time to doubt. It's not time to fear. It's not time to worry. It's not time to give up. Hallelujah. It is time for an outpouring of God's Spirit on your family, on your heart, on your mind. It is time for us to be so enveloped in the presence of God. It's time for the church to arise and see an outpouring of God's spirit. Hallelujah. God has been pouring out the answer just like he did in Acts 2. He's been pouring out his spirit and his power just like he did in Acts chapter 2. Amen. I could tell you stories, amen, of hundreds of people together in overseas in Hong Kong. Amen. Hundreds of people receiving the Holy Ghost and hundreds of people being baptized and blind eyes being opened. Amen. And the deaf healed. Amen. I, I could tell you stories about various nations around the world that we've talked about already. I could tell you stories about things that are happening have happened here in America. I'm just wanting to tell someone and remind someone that don't get so distracted by the storm clouds and don't get so worried by the rain and the thunder. Amen. I'll tell you what time it is. It's time for an outpouring of God's Spirit upon Apostolic Revival Center upon Carson City, Nevada. I want to see the Spirit of God poured out in the end times like I've never seen it before. We've already seen it over the past few services. Some people filled with that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I don't know about you, but I want to see that same spirit fall in a mighty way in Carson City in 2020 and in 2021. Come on, if you've got faith to believe that, why don't you clap your hands to Jesus right now? He's been pouring out the answer. The answer for fear. The answer for anxiety, the answer for depression, the answer for loneliness, the answer for bitterness, the answer for jealousy, the answer for, for emotional uh, uh, sickness, the answer for uh, uh, bodily sickness, amen, the answer for our troubled minds, the answer for our troubled hearts. He's pouring out the answer for troubled marriages. He's pouring out the answers for troubled relationships between fathers and sons and mothers and daughters. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the answer is the same that it's always been. The answer is Jesus Christ. Can I preach Jesus to you? Can I preach? He is the vine. He is the door. He is the way man. 
maker. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light. He is the good shepherd. He is everything you need and more. Whatever you've been told about Jesus, I'm here to let you know he's better than what you've been told he is. Whatever you've been told about Jesus, he's better than what you've been told he is. He is still the answer for your heart, the answer for your family, the answer for your mind. Oh, come on, somebody. We've got the answer today. It's God's presence. It's God's love. It's an outpouring of his spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, I'm hurrying. There there was basically two types of people, if I could give an oversimplification like that. Just as there are two types of people today. There were observers and there were participators. There were those that stood on the sidelines and they either observed to mock or they observed out of curiosity, not stepping their foot in the waters. And then there are those that says, I want to participate. What do I have to lose? I've tried everything else. My life is not all that peachy, and here I am feeling something I've never felt before, and here I am hearing a message about Jesus, and here I am hearing a message about salvation. You know what? I've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. I'm going to step in the waters, and I'm going to participate. Those were the two kinds of people. And I'm thankful today that I'm not just preaching to a bunch of sideline observers, but I believe I'm preaching to participators, people who want to participate in the power and in the presence of God. And that's why in just a few minutes, we're going to lift our hands and lift our voice because we're going to participate in the promises of God. You want to have a party? You want to celebrate Jesus? You can't have a celebration without participation. It's up to you and I to say, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to lift my voice when I don't feel like it. I'm going to lift my hands when I don't feel like it. I'm going to express my faith no matter what's going on around me, and I will see the power of God be manifested in my life and in my church. Luke 17 and 20, the book of Luke 17 and 20 says the kingdom of God does not come by observation. And that's because it only comes by participation. That's why our response, that's why our faith is so important. That's why our attention, amen, to the preached word of God and to Bible studies and to worship, it is so important, amen. Can I just remind someone, yes, pay your tithes and yes, pay your dues, but don't forget to pay attention, amen, because attention is the price that you and I pay to go deeper in God. Don't forget to pay attention. I'm not talking about to me. I'm talking about anybody that's preaching. I'm talking about to your pastor. You want to have participation? then devote your full undivided attention to what God is doing in this end times. Some of you may say, well, I won't believe it until I see it. And you know, God's response lovingly is, well, you won't see it until you believe it. That's how faith works. The power in the kingdom of God is hidden to those who do not believe. And, and, and God, is not, God is not looking down in hatred with those who don't believe. He's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants everyone to believe. But if you've ever wondered why you've seen a service, amen, where some people have lifted up their hands and, and lifted their voice, and, and you might think, oh, they're super spiritual. You have no idea what they're going through. The last thing they may want to do is lift their hands. The last thing they may want to do is come to church and pray, but they do it, and they begin to feel the presence of God. They begin participating in the presence of God. And then you look around you, and it's the same spirit, but then there's others that are just chewing their fingernails, or maybe they don't feel much, or maybe they're playing Candy Crush on their phone, or whatever else during church. 
Amen. And, and, and it's because the power of God, the kingdom of God is hidden to those who do not believe. That's why there can be one person here receiving a touch and someone next to them not feeling anything. Amen. Because we have to have at least faith the size of a mustard seed. We have to have some belief, amen, in our hearts and in our minds to see all that God wants to pour out on us. It takes our faith. It takes our involvement. This is why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. I'm just, I'm just preaching to you just these simple reminders today. Seek first the kingdom. Seek and ye shall find. You say, why does God want us to seek? Well, I can tell you it's not because Jesus wants to play games. It's not because he wants to send us on an unnecessarily long search. He tells us to seek because he wants us to participate. And he understands the value of our participation even when we do not. Because we don't obtain riches and treasure by sitting in any sense. We don't obtain riches by sitting. We obtain them by seeking. And this is why the psalmist in Psalm 27 and 4 said, One thing have I desired and, one thing have I desired and that I will seek after. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's one thing to desire, and that's beautiful. I'm, if you're here, you're here because you do have a desire for God, and that's wonderful. That's beautiful. But it's one thing to have a desire, and it's another thing to say, I'm going to put feet on that desire. I'm going to put legs on that desire. I'm not going to let my desire die in the graveyard of good intentions, but instead, I'm going to seek. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm not just going to wish for it and want it. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to have a plan of action so I can step forward into the greater dimension that God has for me. One thing, you desire it, you got dreams, honey, I'm so thankful. What have you done and what are you going to do to seek after it? What are you going to do to step forward in faith and see a greater power outpouring and a greater harvest than you've ever seen before? I've desired it and I will seek after it. We will receive when we believe and act upon that belief. And can I tell you this morning, if you need the Holy Ghost, it doesn't have to take long. It just takes action. It just takes your faith. You may say, well, I don't know about all this, and I don't feel like I have much to give. Listen, Jesus loves you. He's got you. You don't have to pray a special formula. You don't have to have the Bible memorized in King James English to pray. Amen. You can lift your hands, and if you don't know what else to say, you can say, I love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know I'm preaching to the choir for a lot of us here, but there's some people here that need to receive the Holy Ghost, and I'm preaching this so they can experience the same outpouring that you and I have experienced. Hallelujah. I want to act upon that belief. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts 2, in Acts 10, and in Acts 19, that when the Spirit was poured out upon people, amen, and, and, and this is there in Acts chapter 8 as well, that when the Spirit is poured out on people, that there will be a demonstrable, undeniable sign, amen. People will speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, amen, just like our sister did a few Sundays ago, sitting there in the back, hallelujah, just like uh, most of us in this place have. You will know that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, when you begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. You won't understand what you're saying most likely. It's not going to be a native tongue, but it's your heavenly tongue, and it's a heavenly tongue, and when you lift your hands, repent of your sins and worship God you'll feel your mouth begin to stammer and shake and tremble under the power of God and when you surrender to that God will speak through your mouth and you will speak things that are not your native tongue and you will know that you've been filled hallelujah church it's time for an outpouring I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it's time for an outpouring of God thank you Jesus hallelujah 
if, if it's possible, the musicians can come. If they're not quite ready, that's fine. Amen. But I'm here to tell somebody that it is God's will for people to be filled with his spirit. It is God's will, amen, for people to experience the power and the healing might of God. Mark 16, 17, uh, excuse me, Mark 16, verses 17 through 18 says, These signs shall follow or accompany them that believe. It's not our job to look for signs and chase signs. In fact, in one area of the scripture, Jesus rebuked people because all they wanted was a sign. All they wanted was a gift, and they were ignoring the gift giver standing right there in front of them. We, we are not called to seek a sign in that way. We're called to seek God. And when we seek God and put our faith in God, there will be signs. That's why it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. But a lot of times, we're trying to follow signs. We're trying to chase signs. You know what? When you put your faith in God, when you believe in the word of God, you don't have to follow signs. Signs will follow you. Amen. And you walk and you believe and you live in faith and signs will begin to follow you. Follow those who believe. That's what the Bible promises us in my name it says they will cast out demons they will speak with tongues they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover these aren't my words it's the bible's words these signs are for everyone and anyone that chooses to put their faith in jesus christ hallelujah somebody praise him right now hallelujah so in just a moment amen in just just a few moments now Amen. We're all going to, those that are able, physically able to come and can come to the front, we're going to come. We're going to lift our hands. We've done this before. Amen. And we're just going to put God's word to the test. We're going to pray for an outpouring. And whatever it is you need, I believe God's presence can come down and shower you in hope if you're struggling with hopelessness. Shower you in love. Shower you in faith. Shower you with the Holy Ghost if you've never received it. If it's been a long time since you've been renewed in the Spirit, God wants to pour that out on you. If you're watching at home and it's been a long time since you've spoken other tongues or you've never spoken tongues, God can fill you right where you are at your house. We're going to put the Word of God in action. Every person, young and old, we're going to lift our hands. In just a moment, we're going to repent of our sins. We're going to pray. We're going to have an old-fashioned Acts chapter 2, Holy Ghost outpouring in this place. I know this is simple, but this is what I felt to do and follow this morning. Amen. And I believe that all those who are hungry and thirsty, you have faith and you're willing to repent and you're willing to surrender, that God will fill you with his spirit. I tell people it's kind of like this. Amen. This is just a mental image for you. And sometimes this helps as well. Those who are a little bit younger who are trying to pray and understand how this works. It's not complicated. But the more you pray, it's like a glass filling up with water. You pray, you pray, you pray. The glass fills up. It fills up and it gets to the top. It gets to the brim. And you'll begin to feel your mouth stammering and shaking under the power of God. And when you surrender to that and you're not worried about what you look like or you sound like, but you just let God take over, then it will overflow at the brim. And it will come flowing out of your mouth. Amen. And you will be speaking in other tongues as Jesus gives the utterance. Hallelujah. That's what's about to happen in this place. I believe that with all of my heart. Hallelujah. So in just a minute, we're going to come. We're going to lift our hands and pray. And all of those of you who need the Holy Ghost, you've never received it. You've never spoken other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance or you're not sure. I'm going to invite you to come first in just a moment. And everyone else that needs a touch from God, that needs an outpouring from God, hallelujah. I believe because Jesus' name was preached, because the cross was preached, 
that many other needs, many other needs can be met in this place as well. Many other needs online can be met as well. Hallelujah. I'll tell you about an outpouring as I conclude this today. You can remain standing if you're physically able. If you're not, you need to stay seated, I understand. If you're physically able, remain standing. We're concluding this today. But I want to tell you something to prove that there is no place that God's Spirit will not go. And there's no situation that God's Spirit cannot come in and work on. Amen. And if I told you this story, well, just pretend you haven't heard it. But it's one of the fa my favorite things I've ever seen God do. And uh, several years ago, I was preaching uh, in Tampa, Florida, actually. And uh, preaching for a small home missions church there, and uh, uh, just just a few people there, and was there just trying to preach, didn't know what to expect. Well, one night on a Sunday night, a woman came in. She was weeping and crying, and uh, she had known the pastor very loosely from years ago when living in New York. She was he was a neighbor of some kind, didn't know him well, but she knew him loosely. And she said, listen, I, I, she, he said, wow, it's great to see you. I haven't seen you in years. She said, yeah, let me tell you why I'm here. She said, I'm here because my dad is in the hospital here in Tampa. They had to lift him here to Tampa. And uh, they don't expect him to live long, and he's not breathing right now. And uh, her father was a retired nuclear physicist, about 67 years old. He used to work with nuclear energy, and that energy had destroyed his body. Amen. And so now he's in the hospital and uh, suffering. And so she said, listen, you know I'm not a Christian. I'm not a believer. Tears come down her face. She she said, but we've tried everything else, and, and I don't know what else to do. She said, I, 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 don't, I don't blame you if, you if you can't come and pray. I've just come because I don't know what else to do, and I've heard that you Pentecostal people believe that God can do anything. He said, absolutely we do. Can we come pray for him tonight? She said, no, it's a Sunday night. Visiting hours are over to anybody except family. She said, so you can't come tonight. We said, okay, we're going to do what they did in the Bible. We're going to put oil on a handkerchief. We're going to pray. You take it to him tonight. Stick it in his hospital ground while he's sleeping, and we believe that God's going to perform a miracle. Amen. She said, okay, I'll do it. She went that night and took the, 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 gown, the uh, handkerchief. She put it in her father's hospital gown. And uh, she, she left it there and, and, and left. And she got a call that Monday morning from the doctor. So then she called us. And we had a very excited daughter on the line. She said, you'll never guess what happened to my dad overnight. He had a, a breathing tube. Couldn't breathe on his own. He woke up Monday morning. His vitals were significantly better. They took the breathing tube out of his mouth. And he was able to breathe on his own for the first time in a long time. The nurses were amazed. The doctors were amazed. Hallelujah. Every, he, his, his, his mental, hold on just one moment. His mental faculties were, were, were very sharp. Amen. He, he was speaking better and thinking better than the nurses thought they would. They were amazed. And his brilliant mind was back. She said, I'm so excited for what happened to my dad. We said, but listen, we're excited too. But God's not done. We're going to come and pray for him in person. So Monday, we went and prayed for him. And we discovered that Steve was a great man. Not really a Christian, not a believer, but a moral man, a good man, uh, uh, Cornelius of, of, of types. And so uh, we, we, we decided that we're going to pray for him. And so we're talking to him, and we're just catching up on life and shooting the breeze. And all of a sudden, it was almost as if the Spirit of God just came into the room and hit a pause button. Because that non-believer laying there on a hospital bed all of a sudden stopped. 
He was done talking mid-sentence. He stopped. He closed his eyes. Myself and the pastor were looking at him, and he held out his hands on either side of the bed, signaling that he was ready to pray. So we went and grabbed. He pastor grabbed one hand. I grabbed another hand, and we began praying for Steve uh, there on that bed for continued healing. We began to pray, and all of a sudden, his heartbeat monitor started to beep rapidly and beep like crazy. And I was a little concerned, a little bit nervous at first because it was beeping like crazy. And, 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 and But we kept on praying in Jesus' name. And a few seconds later, I realized why his heart monitor was going off. This is no hyperbole. His heart monitor was going off because his heart rate was rising because the very Spirit of God in that moment was literally entering his heart. And as we looked closer, we could see his mouth begin to stammer. His chin began to stammer under the power of God. And as we put our ear closer, we heard a heavenly language come floating out of Steve's mouth, 67 years old, as he lay there on that hospital bed. He tried to stop speaking in tongues. He tried to speak English, and he could not. Every time he tried to keep talking English, God would take over his tongue, and he would keep on speaking in tongues. His daughter was there, and she was amazed. She said, I've never seen my dad. I've never seen anything like this. She said, my dad does not fake things. My dad does not make things up. She said, so if he is experiencing this, then I know it's real. And if whatever he just got, I want it too. I'm here to tell somebody it's time for an outpouring there is nowhere the spirit will not go there is nothing that Jesus cannot fix there is nothing that Jesus cannot forgive I don't care what you've done I don't care what mistakes you've made I don't care what you're dealing with Jesus wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh this morning somebody lift your hands and lift your voice right now and cry out to God Come on, somebody, that's it. Don't be afraid to lift your voice. Don't be afraid to lift your voice and cry out to God. That's it. Let your faith rise. Let your faith rise this morning. Hallelujah. Here's what we're going to do. God's already here, but we're going to step into something a little bit deeper. Amen? If you need the Holy Ghost, it's been a long time or it's never happened. You've never had the experience of speaking in tongues, and you would like to. I want to invite you to come. Amen. If you're here, and I want, I want you to come with a family member, come with a friend. If you're here and you need an outpouring of God's Spirit upon you, I want to invite you to come if you're comfortable. If you're not, we understand and, and make an altar at your seat. But listen, I want to encourage you to come. Sometimes, a lot of times I've seen traveling, those who take that step of faith, oftentimes they're the first ones that are filled by God's Spirit because they're willing to take a step of faith regardless of what anyone else might think. Amen? We're also going to pray over those that need a healing in their body. We're going to pray over those that need a healing in their mind and their heart. And we're going to believe God to do it. Okay? So... That's all right. Some of us may be shy. That's okay. So here's what we're going to do. Those of you that need an outpouring on you for, for healing needs, for, for, for emotional needs, or if you need the Holy Ghost for the first time, I want to invite you to come. I want to invite you to come. If you need an outpouring of God's Spirit, whatever it is, whatever it may be, if you, if you need God to perform a miracle, whatever it may be, that's it. They're already coming. They're already coming. So the rest of you that need to come, you won't be alone. Hallelujah. And if you're not able to stand long, 
then I want to invite you to just come and, and you can sit on one of these front chairs. But here's what we're going to do. We're all going to lift our hands. That's it. That's so beautiful. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your faith. Hallelujah. And listen, if you're, if you're too nervous to come, God loves you anyway. And if you have enough faith to pray, God can fill you. But I, and you don't have to feel judged. You don't have to feel any negative way. But I do want to encourage you. If you know you need the Holy Ghost, I want to invite you to come. Regardless of your age, I want to invite you to come to this front. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer of repentance, all of us, all across this house. We're going to surrender our hearts to God. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance. We're going to ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins. We're all sinners in need of God's grace. After we're done repenting, after we're done repenting, I'm going to pray a prayer of faith over this house. I'm just going to pray a declaration. I'm going to shout the word hallelujah. The word hallelujah means the highest praise. When I shout that word hallelujah, I want you to shout it with me, I want you to shout it unto God, but don't shout it once. Keep on shouting it. If we want to receive the Holy Ghost, for those that need it, our mouth has to be open. We have to be speaking and praising God and worshiping God with our mouths. So you're going to declare hallelujah with everyone else, and you're going to keep on declaring it. You're going to keep on praising. You're going to keep on worshiping. And God is going to do the rest. We're praying in faith. So let's lift our hands. Let's pray that prayer of repentance. Can we do that? All across this house. Come on, hands raised, eyes closed so you're not distracted. And let's pray that prayer of repentance. God, I give all of myself to you. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done, everything I've ever said. Lord, I give my past to you, my mistakes to you. I give my sins to you. That's it. He's hearing your prayers. You don't have to beg him. He loves you. He loves to hear your prayers. He's receiving your repentance right now. That's it, eyes closed, hand lifted. That's it, come on young man, come on young lady, that's it, don't be afraid, lift your hands. Here I am, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for all of my sins. That's it, come on, talk to him with your mouth. The only way he can talk through you is if you talk to him with your mouth. That's it, that's beautiful, young person. That's beautiful, saints of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. The Spirit of God is in this place. It's time for an outpouring of His Spirit. It's time for us to be convinced of God's love for us. It's time for us to be convinced of the power that dwells within us. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of the Word of God, I bind sickness and I lose healing. I bind doubt and I lose faith. I bind fear and I loose the Holy Ghost. I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. I command you to be filled in the name of Jesus Christ. I command liberty and freedom and peace to go forth into your spirit right now. I command depression to flee. I command joy to fill your hearts. I command you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody shout that unto God. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's a powerful prayer. Shout that word. Hallelujah. That word means the highest praise. That's it. Declare your need. Cry unto God. He loves to hear your prayers. He's moving. He's working right now. Right now. Come on, don't stop praying. Don't stop lifting your voice. Come on. Come on, I believe God's moving on your family as we speak. It's time for an outpouring. It's time to go deeper. It's time to go further. Hallelujah! Yes, yes, yes! 
That's it. If you need the Holy Ghost, open your mouth and surrender and let that heavenly language come flowing. Come on, that's it. If you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, make up your mind. I'm going to have all my sins washed away today in Jesus' name. Hey! 